Sometimes we get caught up in this life, don't we? We're human. We get caught up in this life and we forget this is only temporary. It's temporary. I'm going to live for a short season. And then it's going to be gone. There was an old poem. I'll get in trouble if I try to quote it. It's a long one, so I definitely couldn't do that. But I know a couple of lines. It says this, only one life, so soon it will pass. Only what's done for Christ will last. And it's very true. You and I aren't or should not be living for this life. I'm living for eternal life. This is what Jesus was saying when he says, don't lay up treasures where moth and rust doth corrupt and thieves break through and steal. But lay up treasures in heaven where moth and rust don't corrupt and thieves don't break through and steal. Why? Because where your treasure is, that's where your heart will be also. Wherever I'm laying up treasure, that's where my heart's going to be. I want to be rich in eternal things, don't you? I want to lay up treasures in heaven. I want to invest in the kingdom. I want to... What am I doing? I'm, I'm putting away for the eternal life. I'm investing in eternal life. Thank God this is only temporary. I'm not saying you shouldn't enjoy it while you're here. I think we should have the joy of the Lord. Amen? We should have the joy of the Lord. If you're filled with the Holy Ghost, you should. Amen? And so someone once said, some people have joy, they just forgot to tell their face. And so it's good to inform your face, too, every once in a while that you have joy. Amen? A child of God ought to be the most joyous person on the job. Amen? When other people are complaining about their problem, we can say, hey, I've got mine, too, but let me tell you. Amen? Praise God. It's good to be here tonight. Good to be with you. I'm thankful for the joy of the Lord. It's our strength. It's our strength. Amen. If you feel weak, find the joy of the Lord. It is strengthen you. Praise God. My daughter's going to come tonight. And um, so I'm asking her to do so. She may have partners along the journey. I don't know. Maybe. Oh, well, she, was, she said, no, she's not coming. She's leaving. So there you go. You now see how she listens to me. Praise God. Praise God. <laughs> Good to see you, Johnny. God bless you, man. Oh, she does have help. She had lots of help.
Well, some of you may know that today is a very special birthday. If you didn't know, it's my mom's birthday. And we get to see firsthand, you know, all that she does, all that she does for us. But um, she does a lot for all of you as well. Um, a lot of times that goes unnoticed, you know. She's a behind-the-scenes kind of person. But we just wanted to honor her and thank her for all that she does. Thank you. Um, thank you all. I... Um, I am very thankful for you. I am very blessed by you. Um, just, you know, this time of year, of course, we just automatically should be, we should be thankful all the time, and I think I am and try to be, but at this time of year, we're really to count our blessings more, it seems. And um, But I am thankful for you. I'm thankful um, for your love towards me. Um, that means the world. <laughs> And I love you all, and um, Merry Christmas, Happy New Year, everything. <laughs> Thank you. Praise God. I appreciate my wife very, very much, and um, all that she does. It's not lost on me that you all usually hear from me and hear very little from her. Um, she is, I, I watch her, or I see her every day, and her commitment to the Lord, and her prayer for you, and her care for you, that, like my daughter said, she's a behind the scenes. She's not the one that wants to be doing visible things, um, and so, um, but I so appreciate her ministry of helps, and prayer, and, and her faithfulness as a wife. Amen. Praise God. Would you grab your Bible tonight? I'm asking Sister Julie Rodriguez if she would come. And uh, the Lord's going to use her tonight. And so would you receive of the word of the Lord this evening? Amen. Praise the Lord. <laughs> Hard to talk with a mic in your hand and read all at the same time, but I'm going to do my best. <laughs> um, I'm just going to go straight in the Word, if that's okay. Um, we're going to turn to Matthew chapter 5. Um, God has just really been dealing with me here. and I'm going to share that with you the best that I can. Uh, Matthew chapter 5, verse 6, a very familiar set of scriptures. Um, and I think sometimes we can read over them too quickly. Um, we're going to start with verse 6, and it says, Blessed are they which do hunger and thirst after righteousness, for they shall be filled. You know, it's the time of year that we uh, had Thanksgiving, we eat a lot of food, we have Christmas and all the goodies, and, every, you know, you go to work and they got... Christmas goodies and Thanksgiving goodies out and, you know, you got family making goodies and um, eat a lot, usually. There's all, that's why we have like New Year's resolutions at losing the weight that we gained over the holidays and um, especially now with COVID, everybody's staying at home more and 
There's all these jokes and memes about, you know, my post-COVID body. <laughs> and uh, we're living in a season right now where we can be full. And um, in a world where there's lots to fill yourself with. And it's real easy to fill your day. Elder Hart made a statement that before about having a full day. I had a full day at work today. And it's so easy to let your day just be full of stuff. That you forget to be hungry. And um, I was looking over these scriptures and trying to look beyond just the words on the page. And um, hunger. Jesus said, I am the bread of life. In the beginning was the word, and the word was with God. Over and over again through scripture, we see that we have to hunger for him, for truth, for the things of God. Um, Go to John chapter 6, verse 35. It just says, uh, give you guys a second to get there. Just reiterates what I said. And Jesus said unto them, I am the bread of life. He that cometh to me shall never hunger. And he that believeth on me shall never thirst. I read those words and I was thinking about his commandment about being hungry and thirsty for righteousness. And then he says, he that cometh to me shall never hunger. Kind of, kind of a strange statement, right? He wants us to be hungry and thirsty, but he says he will never hunger or thirst if we come to him and believeth on him. And I was back to that, back to Matthew 5, 6, and where it says hunger and thirst, thirst. I thought about the woman at the well. And the Lord asked her for water. And he says, well, if you knew who was asking you, you would have asked him to drink. And he'd have given you water that would cause you to never thirst again. We'll go to John chapter 7, just a couple pages over. Verse 37 through 39. It says, in the last day, that great day of the feast, Jesus stood and cried, If any man thirst, let him come unto me and drink. He that believeth on me, as the scripture has said, out of his belly shall flow rivers of living water. But this he spake, he of the spirit, which they that believe on him should receive. For the Holy Ghost was not yet given, because that Jesus was not yet glorified. I see in the scripture, and I could, I, without exhausting all the scriptures, anytime he talks about thirst, he's talking about the spirit of God, water, the spirit of God, and hunger, the word. And um, 
I want to go over to Luke 11:13. I'm sorry about all these scriptures, but if you'll bear with me, I'll get somewhere. If ye then, being evil, know how to give good gifts unto your children, how much more shall your heavenly Father give the Holy Spirit to them that ask him? He, he wants us to be hungry and thirsty, but so that he can fill us. You know, um, the Lord doesn't withhold anything from us. The problem is, is that we're so full all the time. You know, I think about um, my little granddaughter, Sarah. She's a, she's a snacker. I don't think she ever knows what it feels like to be hungry. <laughs> I mean, she's constantly grabbing and picking, and I, I think sometimes we do that. We do that. We just pick up everything, you know. You know, the day just brings issues and things with it, and we just fill ourselves with it, and we forget that. The only thing we really need is God. Jesus. Um, I want to be hungry. And I want to be thirsty. When you're truly hungry and you're truly thirsty, you, there's a change in the way that you take in something. You know, this season I was talking about us being full. You know, you... I don't know. You have to be really careful on Thanksgiving because if you eat too much before that meal gets there, it's not as enjoyable as you were anticipating. And we come sometimes before the word of God and before, you know, we come to church, we come to a Bible study, and we're just so full that when the word comes, it just kind of, yeah, that was all right. It was okay. And then we go about our day without any thought to what we just took in. But when you're hungry, it's the best thing. I mean, you, I, I, if you've ever been so hungry that you ate a cracker and it was like, wow, that was really good. <laughs> mm. like, especially like after you have a baby and you've been in labor all day and they finally bring some food. That was the best cheese and crackers I've ever had. Like, they don't ever taste that way again. <laughs> That's the way the word of God has to be to us. And if it's not, there's something wrong. We're full of something else. And we have to pray, God, empty me. Make me hungry. Because I promise you, he will. Whether you choose to be hungry or not, you will be. Jesus. Righteousness in the scripture is talking about the way in which a man may obtain a state approved of God. Jesus said, I am the way. You want to be right with God, you can't get there any other way.
John chapter 21. Jesus desires to feed you. When Jesus was resurrected, I mean, was died and the disciples went out back to the old things that they were doing before Jesus came into their life. And uh, Jesus appeared to others. And then he met a few of the disciples on the beach. In verse 5 of 21, Jesus saith unto them, Children, have you any meat? And they answered him, No. And if we skip down to verse 10, you'll read between there, Jesus told them, Lay down your net, and they caught some fish. In verse 10, Jesus saith unto him, Bring of the fish which you have now caught. And Simon went up and drew the net to the land full of great fishes, a hundred and fifty and three. And for all there were so many, yet was not the net broken. Jesus saith unto them, Come and dine. None of his disciples just asked him, Who art thou, knowing that it was the Lord? Jesus then cometh. And taketh bread and giveth them, and fish likewise. First thing he does when he appears to them, he has a meal with them. He feeds them. They were in a very empty state. They lost, they felt like they lost everything. And he was there to feed them. He desires to feed us. He doesn't withhold his word from us. He doesn't withhold his spirit from us. He gives it to us freely. And we think that some reason that if we're lacking, it's because he doesn't want to give it to us. And it's not, that's not true. It's because we're too full of life of stuff. Um, you fill the blanks. I mean, social media, worry. I mean, there's, I mean, we can go on for days with all the things that we fill our thoughts, our spirits with even. Luke 6, 25. I'm almost done. Jesus. It's another um, portion of scripture where the Lord says, blessed are you, blessed are you. And then in verse 25, he makes a statement. Woe unto you that are full, for you shall hunger. Woe unto you that laugh now, for you shall mourn and weep. Elder Hart made this statement in the beginning of service that if all your hope is in this life, you're going to be all miserable 
This life has nothing that, it's temporary, just like he said, it's temporary. It has nothing that brings any fulfillment. You eat food in this life, and you're going to get hungry again. You drink water in this life, you're going to get thirsty again. You've got to constantly work to provide that fulfillment. And anything in this life, that's exactly what it is. It's a constant chasing of fulfillment. But God brings fulfillment that doesn't need to be redone over and over again. He fills us. But we got to be hungry for him, for the word, for his spirit. Woe to them that are full. I'm going to go over to Deuteronomy 8.3. It's okay that if God has to cause you to be hungry, if it brings you to a place of needing him. Chapter 8, verse 3. Go back and read and listen to the stories of um, Moses bringing people out of Egypt and all that they whined about and complained about. And <laughs> Listen to what he says to them in verse 3. And he humbled thee and suffered thee to hunger. And fed thee with manna, which thou knewest not, neither did thy fathers know, that he might make thee know that man does not live by bread only, but by every word that proceedeth out of the mouth of the Lord doth man live. I pray God help me understand that. You know, um, my husband mentioned a few weeks back that our pipes froze. And we were all stressed out. <laughs> How's the pipes going to get turned? I mean, we're just out of water. We can't flush the toilet. And I don't know if you know, we got little kids in the house. That's a real problem. We can't take a shower. And we got a couple men in the house. That's a real problem. <laughs> um, and I all day went by, and I'm like, we got to do this, we got to do that, and my husband's like, we got to get this done, we got to do that, and he's climbing under the house, and we're just kind of frustrated, and you know, we're gonna flush the toilet, and the kids don't want to use the toilet anymore, and it took all day for us to realize that all we had to do was call out to God. We had heaters under the house and working like mad in the flesh to solve the problem we had. It, and the first thing we didn't do was say, oh, God, you know, make the pipes flow. We waited till the midnight. Within five minutes, the pipes flowed. He's the answer. If you're not running to him first, look at yourself. Examine yourself. Lord, what's wrong with my thought process? What am I full of? I'm full of the flesh. What can this flesh do? What can it um, 
create, what's the word I'm looking for? Um, provide to me. This flesh can't provide anything. It's weak. It's, it decays. It has no power in it. One last scripture, and I'm going to read it. And I think I read this is one of my favorite scriptures. It's a beautiful scripture, and I think it says it all. Psalms 42, verses 1 and 2. David had a way with words, he was a poet. It says, As the heart panteth after the water brooks. So panteth my soul after thee, O God. My soul thirsteth for God, for the living God. When shall I come and appear before God? Now, David in this set of scriptures was pretty miserable. He knew that all he needed was God. He was, he was what he was thirsting after. It wasn't the answer to the problem. He's the answer. You know, when you're full of God, when he's full of the spirit and the the word is just strong in your heart, when the trial comes, it just kind of seems insignificant. The need seems so insignificant compared to what you have. Paul says, I'm instructed to be both full and hungry. Full of him and hungry for more of him. Never to be to, you go read through the blessed, blessed are they that are poor in the spirit. Blessed are they that are this. It's all these things that we don't want to be. But it's all about in our position towards him. It's not about physical hunger. It's not about physical sadness and soreness and uh, poorness, excuse me. It's not about that. It's about being in need of him. Pray God help us because we, we're living in a time when uh, if we're not careful, we'll think our answer is in the things of men, the things of the flesh. You know, uh, everything will be okay once I get the vaccine. Everything will be okay when I get a new president. I'm afraid not. And so, and if you're not careful, you'll be most miserable. At times, if we're not careful and sensitive to the Spirit of God, we may measure the Word of God based on the delivery. The Holy Ghost was very deliberate and consistent in ministry through Sister Julie here tonight. There is a clear sound of the Lord reaching to us 
about our hunger. Uh, there was, I think it was Burger King. I'm in trouble. When I was younger, they had a little slogan that said, aren't you hungry for Burger King now? Anybody remember that? Is that just me? Just me. Oh, thank you. Yeah. Um, we really do get so full with other things. Or we seek to fill the void with other things. When what we truly, what our soul hungers for is what only Christ can give. Sister Julie made the reference, you know, once the vaccine or the new president. Sorry, no. Well, and you may be here sitting or listening and saying, well, no, I, I don't have any hope in that. But maybe you're going, man, if this relationship worked out, then I'm just hungry for. Or if this changed, then. If this would happen, then. Because that's what we do. We define what we need to God and even in our own life. Uh, I won't repeat the story. Most of you have heard of the season I went through where I was questioning whether I could even hear God or not. And the bombardment of my mind. I, I got to a place where I was like, Lord, I just want to know I'm hearing you. I just want to know I'm hearing you. And you've heard it said before, but it bears repeating tonight. Sister Julie started with the scripture, blessed are they that hunger and thirst after righteousness. That's a blessing. Hunger is a blessing. So the Lord can bless you with hunger. But because the Lord loves you and I so much, if we don't receive the blessing of hunger and thirst, then the Lord in his great love will allow the circumstances of life to bring us to a place where we have hunger for him. It's what we read in the parable of the prodigal son. He left his father's house. He thought he was hungry for what the world offered. He thought he was hungry for what he could get if he just had the money in his hand. And he realized very quickly how fading that was. And he found himself in a pig pen hungry. That wasn't some people would say that wasn't a blessing. But I suppose in reality, the pig pen was a blessing. Now that I think about it. The pig pen was a blessing. Because it brought him back to realizing what he needed to satisfy the hunger. I, I marveled. When I traveled to Italy the first time and in subsequent trips, but especially the first time. I remember making the trip now some 11 or 12 years ago. I didn't want to go. I mean, I did want to go, 
but I didn't want to go where I was told I was going. I was going to see Brother Pedro and Sister Maria in Torino, and they said, well, oops, we forgot. We agreed to do a three-day conference down in Sicily that we're the speaker of, and so we'll just take you with us. I'm like, ugh, I'm not coming to go to a three-day conference in some language I don't speak in a part of the country that I wasn't planning to visit. And, and um, but Brother Pedro wasn't, and I remember on the phone, Bishop even suggesting on a three-way call that Brother Pedro maybe try to change it. And he said, man, you know, I can. I feel like we need to do this. And, and so I went, and begrudgingly, we went to the, during the middle of my time there, we flew down to Sicily, and we got out of the plane late at night. It was already dark. Two men were picking the four of us up, so I was excited because I thought two men, two cars, that's a wonderful thing because I'd been cramped spaces the whole time I'd been there in the few days. <laughs> well, lo and behold, the two men came in one car for the four of us, and uh, it was a Volkswagen Jetta. Um, that's not what they called it, but that's what it was. It was a Volkswagen something or another, but it was just like a Jetta in the States. And six of us piled in that car, and we were driving what I later learned was almost an hour from the airport. And I was in the back seat because one of the people with us gets car sick, and they needed the other front seat. And so I was the tallest among them. And so I was folded up in the back seat holding a carry-on bag in my lap. And we're about 20 minutes away, and it's dark, and they're talking in English, or not in English, in Italian and Spanish, and every once in a while somebody gives me the courtesy of telling me something. That, And I'm like this, and I'm looking out the little side window, and it's dark, so I just see lights. I don't see anything. I don't, And I'm praying, and I said, Lord, what in the world am I doing here? This is why... I didn't want to come to this part of the trip, Lord, in case you didn't know. We arrived at the home. It was an apartment, actually, where we were going to be staying the night. Four people lived in it. It was a three-bedroom apartment, and we were moving four more people into it. So now there was eight in it. The pastor vacated his bedroom. He was single at the time. He vacated his bedroom and slept on the couch so I could sleep in his room. Three other people all slept in one room together, Brother Pedro, Sister Maria, and their adult daughter. We got there. It was almost 11 at night by the time we arrived. And there was a group of people there waiting for us. Not just the couple people that lived there or the three people that live there. But there was probably 15 people there waiting on us. And I'm thinking, I'm ready for bed. They were not ready for bed. They were ready for their guests. And so they had a keyboard in the open part of the apartment. And I walked in, and we had a little snack to eat, which was nice, and I was wanting to go to bed. And then they're like, the one guy moves over to the keyboard, and... He begins to play, and they begin to pray, and he began, I don't remember the song he began to sing, but he began to sing in English, and they all sang in English. They don't know what they were saying, but they sang a couple songs, and they, and they sang several, 
And they t- I learned later they practiced those because I was coming. And so they and they learn any of their English. They learn they love English worship songs. Matter of fact, this pastor has translated many English songs into Italian so they could sing and worship there. Because people don't write Italian worship songs as a general rule. Took a long time to get to this point, I'm sorry. They were willing to be there at 11 o'clock at night. And then worship. And I think we finished about 1.30 or 2 in the morning. And I think the only reason we finished then is because they could tell some of us were really, really tired. <laughs> we laid down to sleep a little after 2, and then we're back up at 5. The conference started the next night. We were there for, again, a three-night conference. We were there three full days. Brother Pedro was to be speaking at the conference. The very first night, he invited me to come up. I thought I was going to be just greeting people. And I could tell as he was inviting me in Spanish and Italian, again, forgetting that I needed an interpreter, but I knew enough Spanish. I could tell as he was inviting me up, he was introducing me as the speaker that night. He was not inviting me up to greet the congregation of different churches that were gathered there. And as I was going from the seat, it was from here no further than to where Sister Jasmine is there to the podium. The Lord dropped the word in my spirit and there began to be a flow of ministry. The Lord ministered. We left. They had a place planned where we would eat pizza. Not like pizza here, like really Sicilian pizza, the best. Oh, my goodness. Aren't you hungry? There was probably about 50 people that made the trip to this place that they had reserved. They'd reserved a room. And I sat there with Brother Pedro on one side, the pastor on the other, and this long table with people all around. I, I, down the, they didn't have, like, tables everywhere. It was one long table. And they just kept bringing pizza. And throughout the night, there was a flow of ministry. And a different person would come and sit down. And say something and they would interpret something and then there would be a flow of ministry. And then someone else would come and, and questions would keep coming. And we sat there and ate pizza and there was a flow of ministry until about 2 in the morning. We left, got up early the next morning. A flow of ministry. As long as you would go, they wanted, they wanted ministry. They were just hungry. They were just hungry. It was like that every night of the conference. There was something following. And they finally had to say, no, we've got to go. We've got to. They, they just want, they were hungry. In three days, I slept five hours. They were just hungry. And I... The tragedy is I know what made them that hungry. I know more of the story. And so I, I pray with Sister Julie's ministry tonight, God. I want the blessing of hunger. 
I want to empty myself out of all the things I fill my mind and my heart and my life with that inhibit my hunger for you. The things that I fill my life with that make time with you an inconvenience if I'm not careful. I schedule God in because I'm not hungry for just, I want to hunger. God baptizes us afresh with hunger. A hunger for the word of God. A hunger for the things of God. A hunger for the work of God. Baptize us afresh, I pray, God. Empty me of things that I'd fill myself with that work contrary to a hunger for the things of God. Empty me of myself, Lord. Empty me of my own ideas about what I need. I need you. I need your word. Your word in a moment can satisfy more than any natural thing can ever satisfy, Lord. My soul hungers for your word. My soul thirsts after you. The soul of mankind thirsts for its maker. It doesn't know that's what it desires, but you are what we desire. There's a hunger in us given of you. A hunger for what only the creator of our soul can fill. I pray, awaken us to that hunger, Lord. Awaken us to it. Let us to consume your word. Let us to consume your word, Father. In the name of Jesus. 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 Praise God. I want to be hungry for the right things. It's really amazing. Why don't you stand with me? It's really amazing what hunger will make a person do, Sister Julie. People who never thought of stealing will steal if they're hungry. I'm sure many of us in this room have lived long enough to experience and witness in a major city or even in our own city seeing someone dig through a garbage can and grab fragments of what someone else threw away. Anybody ever witnessed that? What drove that? Hunger. 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 And we have access to so much ministry that if we're not careful, what happens is we start picking and choosing. Eh, you know that. You know, nah. I'm not talking about spiritual discernment, you understand. I'm talking about where we start picking and choosing and going, oh, you know, it's Thursday. It's been a long week. Maybe I'll just, I can catch it later. 
was the last time you said, you know, it's Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday. I'm not, you know, I'm just, I got so much to do. I'm just not going to eat today. We won't disregard the natural man, but we'll disregard the spiritual man. It's a hunger thing. It's a hunger thing. Lord, help us. Help us. Thank you, Sister Julie. I have been, I don't just say this, but I felt the Holy Ghost challenge me in my spirit. Deal with me in my spirit tonight. Thank you. Thank you. Praise God. Lord, I thank you for this, your precious